good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to another episode of So You Want to Talk About Leadership, where I'm your host, Tony Miller Jr. We're going to dive right in today. As you see, we'll be talking about emotional intelligence. I wanted to talk about emotional intelligence a few weeks ago, but as you know, I gave a PSA about you mattering and you being a leader in life. But before we dive into today, you know, I got to open up with our segment. Did you know? Did you know that emotional intelligence is responsible for 58 percent of professional success, regardless of the job category? Did you know that 90 percent of top performers score high on emotional intelligence? Also, did you know people with high emotional intelligence earn on average $29,000 more annually than those with a low emotional intelligence. And lastly, there was a 40-year study of PhDs at UC Berkeley that found that emotional intelligence was 400% more powerful than just regular intelligence when predicting who would have success in their field. So my question to you is, what can emotional intelligence do for you? Now, to make sense of the title of this episode, Emotional Intelligence, a leader's insurance policy, I'll assume and take for granted that everybody listening knows how insurance and insurance policies work. You pay a certain amount a month, so in the event something happens, a car accident, natural disaster, or even death, the insurance company covers most, if not all, the expenses, and you only come out of pocket for the deductible. See, I view emotional intelligence the exact same way. So instead of like a good neighbor, State Farm is there, it's more like like a good neighbor, emotional intelligence is there. Every single day you make small deposits into yourself so when something doesn't go as planned, you are prepared to handle it. So if a disaster does happen, the last thing that we need for the leader to make the disaster worse. You have to understand how you feel in that moment. Understand how your response will impact others' emotions. Think before you act. Think before you speak. Read the room and the emotions of others. And also have the ability to calm the room and manage the conflict. But also inspire and show others how to move on. So I'm going to take more of a teaching tone today and for those that aren't familiar with emotional intelligence, you'll get a brief overview. So emotional intelligence has been around about 40 years, but it took off about 25 years ago. Psychologists John Mayer and Peter Salovey, they're credited with the founding of emotional intelligence. However, Daniel Goleman wrote a book entitled none other than emotional intelligence. So Mayer and, and Salovey, they define emotional intelligence as the ability to monitor one's own and others' feelings and emotions to discriminate among them and to use that information to guide one's thinking and emotions. See, emotional intelligence is broken down into four domains and have multiple competencies within those domains. The four domains are self-awareness, self-management, social awareness, in relationship management and so a lot of the, some of the definitions that i'm going to give to you they're going to be from daniel goldman who wrote the first emotional intelligence book so self-awareness it's the first domain and so what is self-awareness self-awareness is the ability to recognize and understand one's moods motivations 
abilities, but more importantly, understanding the effects that they have on other people. See, Goldman said to achieve a state of complete self-awareness, a person must be able to monitor their emotional state and identify their emotions. The competency within this domain is obviously emotional self-awareness, which is just what I described is needed to master self-awareness. I'll tell you this story. I have a six-year-old nephew and something I used to say about him all the time was when he was about three or four years old, I said he has a higher emotional intelligence than many adults that I know. And the reason I said this is because obviously he's three, four years old. He doesn't know what emotional intelligence is. And obviously he's probably not emotionally intelligent, but what he did have was a great emotional awareness or self-awareness in this case. And, and the reason I said that is because my nephew, when he didn't like something, when he felt uncomfortable, he told you exactly what that emotion was and there was no shame in his game. I remember my nephew plenty of times where there were events in which he felt a certain way. He told his mom, he told his dad, he told me or my wife how he was feeling. I remember oftentimes if he was afraid, he would say, mommy, I'm afraid or uncle Tony, I'm afraid. If there was noise that was too loud, he would say, I don't like that noise. That noise is too loud. That noise is bothering me. He didn't, he didn't mind letting us know how he felt. If he didn't like a certain food, if he didn't like the way it smelled, if he didn't like the way it tasted, he told us. And because at the young tender age of three, four years old for him to be able to do that. I honestly, like I said, I was just, I was just impressed. And, and I think a lot of times adults, we don't, we don't have the, the, the simple ability to just name our emotions and, and what it is, because it's easy for us to say that we're sad or we're angry or we're fearful, but sometimes it's deeper than that. So instead of being sad, angry, or fearful, ask yourself, are you instead feeling embarrassed, powerless, frustrated, disrespected, overwhelmed, or anxious? Think about when you feel those different emotions, how, when you respond to others, how that may impact them and how that can impact what goes on in the future. Because sometimes, because we're not fully aware of our emotions, we sometimes snap back on people who really doesn't deserve for us to snap on them. And so that's self-awareness. And I think my nephew, honestly, two, three years ago, provided a great example of what self-awareness looks like. The second domain is self-management. And it's the ability to control your impulses, the ability to think before you speak or act, and the ability to express yourself appropriately. How good are you at controlling you? Emotional self-control, adaptability, motivation, and optimism are competencies within this domain of self-management. So imagine being on the phone at work with a customer who is unhappy about a product. They get upset and they start yelling and cursing at you. Now, naturally you want to defend yourself and snap back, but the emotionally intelligent thing to do is to control yourself and your impulses. Think before you respond, take a deep breath and speak calmly, but assertively. Your yelling won't accomplish anything. And they may just need to vent because they're having a bad day. So taking a step back 
and thinking about your response and not feeding into the response of the upset customer or your husband, your wife, your son, your coworker, your supervisor, it can help mitigate or really prevent a situation that's already bad from getting even worse based on how you respond. So you have to learn and know how to control your emotions because you can't control anyone else's, you can only control yours. Thirdly, social awareness. And what social awareness is, it's the ability to undertake the perspective of others and empathize with them. Obviously, empathy would be a competency, but also along with organizational awareness is a competency of social awareness. So how good are you at reading others' emotions in the temperature of the room? Empathy can only be achieved if self-awareness is achieved. Why do I say this? Because how are you going to be able to understand the emotions of others if you don't understand your own? Now, I'm going to ask you to just look up the definitions of empathy and sympathy because a lot of times they're used interchangeably, but they're not synonyms. They mean two different things, but we'll cover that in a later episode. So with the social awareness, for example, I want you to think, let's say you have a friend who just got out of a long relationship and they come to you to talk about it. Can you empathize with them? Can you read their emotions? Are you able to connect with their emotions? Yeah, of course, they're sad. But is it deeper than that? Do they feel lonely, abandoned, vulnerable? It's important that you are mindful of what you say. And when I say be mindful of what you say, to continue with this example, it would not be wise or now would not be the best time to talk about how you have a surprise anniversary gift for your significant other. You have to read the room, read the emotions of those around you and respond appropriately. Because again, if you don't respond appropriately, you can make the situation worse or your friend who has confided in you will probably be looking at you sideways like, wait a minute, like, you know what I'm going through. You know, I just broke up with my significant other. So why would you rub in my face the good times and the, and, the, and the great things that you have planned in your relationship that seems to be going great. And so that's what you, that's what you gotta think about. Just being in the moment, being socially aware and knowing what's going on around you. And the fourth and final domain is relationship management. That's your social skills. It's the ability to effectively manage relationships, build networks and find common ground. Are you able to influence or inspire the emotions of others? Some of the competencies in this domain are influence, developing others, conflict management, teamwork, and inspirational leadership. This is a little different. I'm not gonna give you an example. I want you to think about some questions. How are you with people? How do you form new relationships? How do you cultivate new relationships? If there was a conflict between two team members, how would you resolve that situation? Do you have the ability to inspire a change in emotions in the people that are around you? How are you able to manage the relationships? Where are you at in your ability to build networks and find common ground with people who you just met, a stranger, or people that you even disagree with? 
all those different things. And, and my wife and I, we talked about emotional intelligence a little bit last week and understanding how important it is. And I even gave you some statistics at the beginning of the episode to show you just the difference, because there's other studies that show that emotional intelligence it's a predictor of high performers or it's a it's a it's an attribute of high performers or it is a strong suit of high performers. And typically low performers have a much lower level of emotional intelligence. So I want you to think about this emotional intelligence. It's like anything else in life. It takes practice. Now, see, practice doesn't make perfect, but practice does make habits. So work on your emotional intelligence each and every day. Read articles, books on how to improve it. Try identifying every emotion that you experience for this week. When you find yourself getting upset or feeling anxious, examine why that is and see if you can identify what just happened that caused that particular emotion. Like I said earlier, this episode was meant to just provide a quick overview of emotional intelligence. And now it's time for you to do your homework on emotional intelligence because I dropped some information and statistics that can show you that that has shown you that has proven how emotional intelligence can help us in our honestly in our everyday lives, not just our work lives. And so if you are interested in seeing how emotionally intelligent you are, follow the link in the show notes and it will take you to an assessment to see which domain is your strongest and also which domain you need to improve upon. It's a quick assessment. It won't take long and you will be able to build on that because now if you never heard of emotional intelligence or you heard of it, but you never taken the assessment to see where you fall, you now have that ability and you'll know what to work on. So thank you guys for listening. As always, as always, thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you were able to get at least one nugget that you can apply to your life and then be able to reflect and see how it has helped you to become a better person each and every day, become a better leader in your personal life, in your professional life. And just overall, have a great week. And as always, be the leader your peers need to see.